Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 331. Today, you're going to learn two keys to finding happiness and a whole lot more. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Jen Fiore. Jen, welcome. Hi, good to be here. Please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Okay, I live outside of Atlanta. I'm an author and an energy healer and a spiritual mindset coach. Okay, and we've already been talking for quite some time. I'm, I'm excited for today's conversation. We're going to dive into several different things, but can you share a little bit? How did you even get on this path? Well, I myself had a lot of pain in the body since the age of eight. Um, I didn't realize I had celiac disease. Okay. And so it wasn't until the age of 35 that I even found that out. So there was a lot of pain and suffering in the body and a mystery to everybody. And, um, but I still plugged along because I really had the personality in my life and my family that, you know, just enjoy life as best you can, despite what's happening in this body. So that's how I, that was the motto I lived with. And I even was hit by a car when I was 18 in college. And I, I had a near death experience with that. And still, I just knew I was supported and that God loved me. And I still would go, you know, continue on. Don't let these things get you down. And it wasn't until the age of 26 when I had um, an ectopic pregnancy that um and at the hands of the neglect from the doctor um that i experienced a great deal of pain and nearly lost my life again but at the hands of somebody else so that shifted my entire mindset and view of the world myself i went into a great deal of thinking i was never a person that thought very much granted i would scope out bathrooms and whatnot because i had celiac disease undiagnosed so whatever i ate wreaked havoc in my body yeah. But as far as thinking and thinking of other people in a negative way or thinking of myself and anything other than happy was uh, that was a shift for me. But here's a question for you for, you know, different people we've studied. Um, if all thought creates our reality mm-hmm. and any dis-ease in our body stems again from wrong thinking, how did you heal from that? So so here's the thing, and it's so funny you talked about this because I just addressed it today. Um, as far as celiac disease, I, that's a, you could also use that argument too. Like, why am I still in a gluten-free diet? If I could heal my own body, why couldn't I heal from celiac disease? Yeah. Well, I personally express this to everybody I speak with it. I deal with what is in front of me right now and celiac disease and being gluten-free is so not on my awareness scale anymore. I have been gluten-free for 18 years that maybe one day in this lifetime, I will address it. And, but at this time, I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't have any importance. So I'm non-resistant to celiac disease. So I, my house is gluten-free, but as far as pain in the body, so I have arthritis 
from C2 to seven, because remember I was hit by a car. And uh, so now I'm in my fifties and my body has some experience with arthritis and pain. And so these are the things that yell the loudest in my life for me to address and become even more non-resistant. And so that is, as far as I'm concerned, that's where my healing is, is living the best life I can, no matter what this body is doing. So if I were to have a scan today, I can probably tell you that my arthritis has even diminished since it was a scan of 20 years ago. Um, I was told for 20 years, I had to get fusion in my neck. That's two to seven to be fused because I have very little disc, but I choose to use alternative thinkings and, and uh, healthy practices, but mindful practices that pull me away from pain in the body into a, more of a blissful life. And so it's using my mind to do that. 100%. Well, and even a perfect example of that for anyone who has heard of or not familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza, mm-hmm. he talks about how we're supernatural and how he, by mindfulness practice and visualizing healing, he was um, like, he was doing a triathlon on the bike, got hit by an SUV, but he healed his spine and didn't have to do this crazy surgery. And I want to touch on real quick. Yeah. So I'm, I was, you know, claimed to be gluten intolerant. What was that? Like 13 years ago, I had, I was always like autoimmune. I was always sick, low energy and finally figured some stuff out, went gluten-free as well. 13 years ago. And my, you know, it changed, but more recently in the past few weeks, the more I learned that, you know, we're not a body that this is all an illusion and whatever I decided for shits and giggles to put myself on an experiment. Because especially like fast food and stuff, a Chipotle burrito, yes, I can have a bowl, but sometimes I just want to hold a burrito and chew it. Right. So I started, I went to Subway a couple of times and got a sandwich. I went to Chipotle and, and then guess what? But because I decided that this exterior thing can't harm me, can't hurt me. I didn't wake up with the welts in my forehead and I didn't have the coughing and the itching and the digestive issues. But then I had Taco Bell and I had it wrecked havoc. And it was like, okay, so I think there is, I did my own personal experiment. There is power in thought. How much power do I have? I'm unsure. I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, there, there's um, and I, I'm a student in the Course of Miracles, so there's um, a, a lesson in there that says I'm I'm not a body, and then there's one that says I'm not a body, I'm free, yeah. and um, and there's also one that says I choose peace instead of this. So in those practices of using those lessons, I came to understand in my like lots of year journey in the healing of this body and this mind of this thinking I was just total and utter crap, really, um, compared to everybody else. I'm just a shit, you know, like nothing was working. Right. Yeah. Um, I chose to see that I'm not a body, but then when you do this, cause the mind is a really slippery slope. Okay. Yeah. Cause it has two teachers. Right. So when you're so used to, it's like Pavlov's dog. When you're so used to listening to that ego running its little program, you have, you almost fall back into this pattern of listening to it and the disempowering thoughts. So you could even use a wonderful lesson. Like I'm not a body, I'm free against yourself. So what I learned to do was understand this is where the celiac comes in for me. So you can understand what we started talking. I understand now I am a human being. Okay. In but I'm all, I'm a spiritual being. So I'm a spiritual being and a human being at the same time here while I'm here, this is human. This is humanness. So I'm going to not 
be resistant if this body does something and I'm going to give it no more power because when I get in touch with the spiritual part of me, that's all knowing and loving and perfect, it calms that humanness down. So it's understanding that I'm walking this earth doing both. So I'm a spiritual being in a human body. Right. Okay. And that took the power away from it. So I don't feel like this need to say, oh, well, Jen, you've done everything, but you still haven't kick the celiac. What the hell? I'm like, no, I'm a rock star. I hiked eight and a half miles with arthritis, my entire body. I rock. And so that's how I look at myself now. You know what I mean? So I'm the celiac. Maybe one day it would be something I address, but it's a non-issue in my life. I don't even think about it. There's zero thought to it. Something you mentioned, I'd love for you to talk more about is this who um, our, we have a choice on who the teacher in the, our mind is. Yes. So for example, a lot of times I talk about this as monkey mind, that mental chatter, the internal chaos versus when you're in flow and ease and, you know, so can you talk about this whole, the teacher in our mind and who do we choose? Okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you too, there's a whole part in, um, in my book and all the parts of me that's, that I basically break it down. So they're like, the ego is what ones are. Our, our body, like think of it as our mind is a computer and it has a program and which program is it? It's the ego or it's the God mind. And this is what I mean by when I say my humanness, I would, I remember when I was 18, I used to say, oh, my humanness is getting in the way. And no, I mean, I didn't even know why I was probably really saying it, but it's like, it was an epiphany for me when I'm writing this book. I'm like, my humanness is getting in the way. The ego part of my mind was getting away and talking over my spiritual part of my head, the spirit part of me, the God mind of me. So the ego is so used to your survival, but it also does not like for you not to need it. So it speaks loud. And usually when the split mind, we listen to the loudest talker. And so the God part of us, that part of us who knows that we're perfect and knows that this is not a problem, girl. You got this. It's never going to talk louder than the ego. It's never going to do that. So it waits patiently for you to quiet your mind so that you could hear it. So there's never really a fight. You're, we're the ones fighting. We're the ones like, oh God, this anxiety, this depression, this whatever I'm feeling is really us listening to that part of our mind that's split. And that's the ego mind, which runs our body and runs our lives. Well, and a lot of this is semantic, so I don't want anyone to get hung up on that. And right. I, okay, two things. One, I love the acronym for ego, which is edging God out. Love it. Yep. But also when we're talking about, you know, the split mind, the other side of it, um, you can call that your intuition, right? the right. Holy Spirit. But, you know, and I love, I don't know where I heard this. It was so long ago, but the intuition is that soft whisper. It's that intuitive nudge. It's a feeling where yet yeah, the, the ego is loud, it's that stress, it's the anxiety, it's the worry, it's the, the chaos. So there's such a difference between chaos and like light touch. But how, right. so if somebody is so used to being ego-driven, ego mindset, right. stress and chaos, how do you quiet that to get in tune with So it, don't you think it's like, I, I oftentimes will tell different clients that, it's like you're, you've learned so long how to do this, right? I mean, if you look at yourself, 
or look at a baby who's brand new, two-year-old baby, a one-year-old, they're, they're pretty much clean slates. They haven't had any of this human conditioning that we've been bombarding our lives with. Society, churches, schools, families, generational things, whatever it is, is a bombardment and it's a human conditioning on us. So that actually lends to that part of ourselves, that ego mind to always bring that in the forefront loudly to protect to protect us, right? That's, I'm putting air quotes around protect us, but it wants to us to listen to it because it ha always has an excuse. And that's where our subconscious beliefs also lie, you know, mm -hmm. um, is in this ego teaching. But when we can quiet ourselves and you, and I know everybody out in the world has done this before and they've experienced that nirvana, that feeling, and they've never given a name to it. I never want anybody to get lost in names and words because you're right, it does block your healing journey, it blocks your learning is to, to put a word and, and limit yourself to a word. So don't call it ego, don't call it a God mind, call it loud and call it quiet, you know? So you can go and like sit in a stream and you wonder why like, damn, that vacation was great. I did nothing, you know? And you wonder why, why did I, I didn't go to Disney World. I just was looking at a stream and I had the best vacation ever. It's because we allow ourselves to really get in touch with who we were created to be. The essence of who we are is that quiet, peaceful part of us, which then you can't hear the ego because you're so in touch with your creation. So I, um, I encourage everybody to find a mindful practice and the more, and I know it's hard because I've, I literally every single person I've ever spoken to says, but Jen, I can't find the right one and I can't do it. Well, yeah. Um, teach yourself how to write lefty when you've been a righty your whole life. It's, it's practice. It's going to take a while to quiet. It's not something that's just going to be automatic. I mean, put an app on the phone, but still, if you have those thoughts, you're going to think even this app doesn't work, you know, mm -hmm. it's going to take time. And then when you do those mindful practices, you know, for yourself and set them up when you're in your everyday practices, you're just like interacting with somebody at work or your spouse or your kids or whatever you'll be able to bring that quiet up in those times because you're used to it now. So for example, a mindful practice, are you talking about maybe meditation, journaling, just sitting still? Yes. I, um, all of those things. Absolutely. Um, I believe it or not, um, since COVID, um, for me has been a bit of a blessing because I started a mindful practice of painting. Mm. Um, I used to love art when I was in college and, you know, my life was extremely busy and businesses and kids. And I didn't, I picked up the paintbrush and now I would literally consider that meditation. I mean, when I painted for eight hours the other day, I said, Lord have mercy. That was, <laughs> you got to get in, you got to make dinner because <laughs> I was so in the zone. Well, well, okay. So that's a great way to call it when you're in the zone in flow. And I just released a podcast on this because for some people trying to sit still and it, they're, they're too twitchy. Right. And so for me, I've found a lot of peace and Zen in a moving meditation. For me, it's running. Yeah. And something about for me that running and being so present, I get like the downloads, I get guidance, I get aha, I get ideas, I get, but so for everyone, maybe it's dancing or golfing or fishing or whatever it is to be so present. There's not one way to do it. I agree. Uh, there's so many beautiful things out there you can do. I mean, there's swaying practices and dancing practices and um, there's, um, Qigong you can do. And there's another one oh, I have to tell you about. I can't think of the name, but it's a dancing practice and it's meditation and just dancing and wiggling your arms. And it's just yeah. fantastic. And you think you can do that for five minutes, 10 minutes, and you're, you're rejuvenated like 
you didn't think of anything. That's amazing to be able to do that. Yeah. I know okay. people also don't even realize though too. And I know this is so, this is so, sounds so trivial, but please hear me on this. Looking outside and being in nature, watching birds, listening to the sounds like that, that sounds so trivial and so trite, but it's so valuable. It really is that you can find quiet even doing that. Yeah. Okay. Question for you. Um, and you, you just mentioned it, but what do you mean by who we were created to be? Okay. So really our, we, we are created in the energy of love. Okay. So, I mean, I know it's hard for many people to understand that the entire world is based on energy, right? And it's a very quantum <laughs> idea, right? Science, science in our life, but it is, we're all created in energy and the energy of God or whatever you call it is an energy of love. So we forget that in, in our journey in life, in our human conditionings and the traumas that have happened to some people's lives and whatever it is, or, you know, or their lack that they feel like it, it is dimmed in their life. They don't get in touch with that light of who they were created to be in that love energy, which is really um, when we live in this love, we actually attract, it. it's, it's an energy thing, right? We've heard of law of attraction. You and I talked before we got on here, law of attraction. But within disempowering thoughts, you're not really thinking about love. You're thinking of the body. You're thinking of fear. You're thinking of lack. And very little attention gets put on who you were created to be, which is a loving being. And in our life and in society, how we deal with the things that come up, it's a, it's a mindful practice to get in touch with that. So I feel like for me personally, I can speak to this hundred percent for me, knowing who I was created to be was not necessarily, it was something was said, but I didn't understand it in my life. But knowing that God is inside of me, that light of what I was created is inside of me, part of me was a game changer for me. It really was because I had the victim mentality. Like I'm the only person that's in this much pain. Like, look at the crap I have to put up with, you know, what was me, but look at how good I'm doing in life, raising a family, but in the quiet closet and my, you know, the, in looking in the mirror, I was just, you know, utter yuck is what I thought. And it wasn't until I realized that I'm more than this body. I'm more than these fearful thoughts about myself. I was created to be this perfect light loving being. Mm -hmm. Then all of these things had a different view. I just changed my mind about how I saw myself in knowing I was created in love. So that was how I started to, to the biggest journey in my healing, the biggest section of my, my life to catapult me to actually a happy life. So I think one sticky question that, and I definitely did this in my twenties. I literally used to Google search it. Yeah. People are seeking their passion and their purpose. What is their purpose? How would you answer that? Oh my God. Somebody asked me that the other day, like, what is your purpose? And I know that there's going to be somebody out there who's going to be like, Jen, you are so full of it, but I'm really not. When I say my purpose, I think everybody's purpose in life is to be happy. I really believe we were created to be happy. Have you seen the Disney movie Soul? No. Okay. First of all, oh. go watch it. I watched okay. it like three <laughs> times. Write this down. It's a phenomenal movie and it even has a little bit of quantum. Like it's a really cool movie. It's like ahead yeah. of its game. But literally the motto from Soul is because it talks about, you know, this main character, he's seeking his passion and purpose and the message he's given from, I forget the little guy, um, Joy. 
Yeah, really. We're just meant to be happy. And, and but the ego goes, no, that's what? too easy. I got to struggle and achieve and prove. And I have to tell you from somebody who has, you know, experienced great abundance in life, lost it, earned it, lost it. I mean, we've gone through everything. I, the love of my family trumps everything, mm. right? So that was what kept me sane and alive. But guess what? Loving myself had to be part of that equation. And so when I understood that love and that my ultimate experience here on earth is supposed to be about happiness, yeah. purpose comes right along the Holy Spirit or energy, wherever you want to call it, plops it right in your lap. What is literally the living version of the law of attraction, really and truly. It's amazing when you live your life and you're happy with your life and you're happy with yourself. I'm not saying that crap doesn't come up. All right. So don't even like, of course you're human and life is going to happen and crap happens, but I'm saying the underlying current of your life is in joy and happiness. And that's who, you know, you were really created to be. You actually experience more of it. Okay. When you know it and you think it and you're like vibrating that you just, Whoa, well, how'd that just happen? Isn't that lovely? You know? But when you know you think you're vibrating, you're not feeling lack and scarcity and wanting because you already feel so whole. So of course more is going to come to you. Right. Right. There is a a book in my book. There's literally chapters on it. I had 12 operations. One after the other, after the other, after the other. So what was I vibrating? I was vibrating that I pretty much sucked that my body was falling apart, that you were I'm a proving it. proving it. Okay, so here's a big one. I don't think we, I, I think this could bring it full circle is that forgiveness is key and it's something you shared with me, but what was that process for you and what does that really mean at a deep level? Okay, so with the Course in Miracles talks about forgiveness, um, really it's, it's everything really. Um, and it goes a little deeper. We won't get too much into that, but the forgiveness of like, so first of all, forgiving other people, right? Okay. So this person that did me wrong, if you have a, had a trauma, you know, my experience, the ectopic pregnancy, the doctor forgiving that. But once you've forgiven that externally, the biggest chunk is inward. Like I had to forgive myself for, well, feeling this disempowering and unloving thoughts about myself, um, believing that I was this limited being not understanding what I was created to be, to forgive the thoughts of myself. Once I started to understand forgiving those thoughts of myself, again, I embraced who I was created to be. I like, I understand it now. And had you said to me, you know, 30 years ago, hey, Jen, BT dubs, all this pain you're going through, just forgive yourself. They're like, "Um, you have a lot of nerve to talk to me like that. The Yankee would have come out of me big time. I'd have been like, you know, (laughs) but I understand it now because this is the life I'm leading. This is the journey that I'm going through. And I, yes, I affect other people around me, but there's a reason I'm here and it is to be happy and to share the most I can in this life of love while I'm here. Yes. That's what it's for. I love that. So you can have a good experience and you can, the body can tell you certain things. I don't give it any attention anymore. It doesn't steal my life and steal my joy. I won't let it. Good. Okay. Then question for you. What is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from this conversation? That you have a choice. You can choose again. Every moment you can choose again. Mm. So if you are disempowered, 
by thought, disempowered in the body, relationships, work, the work, knowing who you were created to be, yes, was key for me because I had a lot of body pain. But if you know that you are more than this body and more than this experience and understand that your mind, you can choose who you listen to, you can choose your thoughts, you can choose again. Every moment is new and brand new. Every moment we can be reborn. So one thing on that, um, I think I've, I find it easy to beat myself up. So I call it getting derailed. Yeah. And when I used to get derailed from the train track forward momentum going, you know, like mindset, I'm feeling good. I'm being intentional. And I get derailed by something or someone or an experience. I used to get derailed sometimes for days yes. and then it kind of, and then it was like for hours and now but this is practice and this is about, I call it, you know, like building that mindset muscle, but how do we not beat ourselves up for man? I did it again. I can, I can choose again, but fuck, I did it again. Exactly. Well, that remember I said before, your humanness is getting in your way. It's yeah. like acknowledging, well, I know, I know you are a spiritual being. I know you are, you're great, but you're having this human moment. This is your humanness while you're in this world, shit's going to come up. And you are going to have to face it. You have, you have to face it. You yeah. can either go down that quagmire, listen to the ego and sit there for two weeks and eat pistachio nuts, which are lots of calories, but topping on ice cream too. You can do that, but it's not serving you because at some point you're going to have to put some pants on and leave the house. Yeah. So I forgive myself for having that moment. And then the moment isn't very long. Right. I forgive myself. I made a video about that yesterday, a three minute video. Cause I have plantar fasciitis. I went on a hike and I'm like, what is this fresh hell? I had that, why am, why am I experiencing this? I had a moment, it was about 10 minutes of son of a, what the hell is this happening to me for? I'm, and I'm like, oh, I gotta learn something else from this. So I forgave myself for my tirade. And what am I supposed to learn from this? Where, where am I supposed to be? Well, maybe I'm not supposed to be hiking. I'm supposed to be paying attention. Whatever it is, a thousand different reasons, thousand different ways to choose to see it differently. I forgave myself and I didn't lament over my, my hissy fit. Mm. When we lament over it, we actually give it more energy and it becomes a thing. Right. Take the power away. Ah, uh, good for you. Okay. So to wrap up the interview, I have a couple of questions I'd like to ask. Yeah. What is a quote or motto that you live by? Oh, I really, I am. I literally, I, I have it tattooed on my arm. I am, and then I, I finish with, I am love most days. I am love, or I am power, or I am perfect. But an I am mantra means everything because you are including yourself and your creator. I am part of that. Yeah. I'm not outside of that. I'm not a victim. I love that. Part of my creation. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Well, of course it'd be my own. <laughs> well, my, my book is all the parts of me, but I do, I actually do read that often because I have some meditations in there that I, um, I revisit, but it's the course of miracles I read daily. Okay. I read something in there. I'm inspired to open the book just um, authentically and hear what I need to hear for the day. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, my younger self. Oh, wow. You know what? Honestly, I really probably would say that God is not outside of you. Like I, I would have told that little girl who was so afraid of the concept of eternity and living forever. Like I thought it was in this body. 
know? And I thought I was being like, you know, I was so much different. So I would have told her sweet thing <laughs> and I'll her and say, you know, you're part of everything. You're, you know, you're part of God. Yeah. So I could have really been more empowered had I known that. Well, I love that. And what a great note to end on. Jen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.